labels on there. Um, I've also worked with Bass Player, Alternative Press. Um, right now, I'm putting on events called the Chinatown Get Down, where we dance to funk, Motown, and disco, all that great throwback music, and raise money for um, organizations like the Sweet... Um, Sweet Relief Musicians Fund, uh, and uh, raise money to uh, help musicians and their mental health. Fantastic. And if you don't dance to funk, there really is something going on uh, that can get anybody moving. You know, I just on a quick little quip, I had a friend, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago who was kind of feeling down and, mm-hmm. and like wanting to curl up in a ball, but I had tickets to a concert and I was like, you know, I don't want to make you do anything you don't want to do, but shaking your booty might make you feel better and lo and behold it did so be a good friend to everybody out there um thank you all so much for tuning into this um episode of women's magazine here on mutinyradio.fm i want to thank my guests mari fong shoshana zisk pamela parker polly wood and my collaborator on this mona lisa wallace um you are amazing out there and thank you for doing what you do and even if you think you're not um you know things don't don't always uh, reflect uh the the passion that you pour into it just know that your um creativity and your giving to the world is having an effect whether you know it or not whether you get to have those experiences where people come up to you and tell you that you're inspiring them i guarantee you are doing good work and if you're listening to women's magazine i am sure of it so um just remember um just when your aspirations seem outrageous like you know what i'm a woman who rocks and i just want to work in the music you know i just want to make music for the rest of my life well you know what inspiration is contagious so peace Thank you, and stay tuned, and thank you so much for tuning in. I'm going to play one more track from Pamela Parker. Definitely check her out live sometime if you get a chance. Um, Here's a song that she sent to me that she really loves, and she said her daughter really loves it too.
the core all the joy within my heart would be so free to soar and we're living on a living planet circling a living star i don't know where we're going but i know we're going far we can change the universe by being who we are and we're living on a living planet circling a living star and if all the world knew justice now and forevermore justice at the surface and justice at the core all the joy within my heart would be so free to soar and we're living on a living planet circling a living star i don't know where we're going but i know we're going far we can change the universe by being who we are and we're living on a living planet circling a living star and if all the world knew freedom now and forevermore freedom at the surface and freedom at the core all the joy within my heart would be so free to soar and we're living on a living planet circling a living star i don't know where we're going but i know we're going far we can change the universe by being who we are and we're living on a living planet well hello and welcome to the common thread collective here on mutinyradio.fm i'm global val i'm here with diamond dave the last song we just heard was actually from um a duo group called um emma's revolution from their album roots rock revolution but also um prior to that we had some music from pamela parker definitely check out pamela parker rocks i just had a, a great episode of women's magazine it was focused on women who rock and roll with the punches of the music industry and some amazing guests, one of whom is still with us right now, Mari Fong's with us, and uh, Diamond Dave. Good to see you, my friend. Hey, good to be here, at least in some shape. Good to be here on this beautiful day in San Francisco. Good to be here streaming live, letting the people know. I've invited Mari to stick with us a bit, and uh, I'm really interested in her role as a 
as a rock historian, I call it a hip historian, Mary. History, reading the history books. Her story, her story comes out of the women's movement in the 70s. It's like, we have a story too. But what I, and what I do, I call hipstery, which is these underground connections, which you've also been part of uh, as a rock journalist in rock and roll. Is that right? That is right. And uh, how it's all connected, I go back to um, the very early days, very early when rock and roll, I'm talking about like 1961, when rock and roll was just emerging, coming out of the blues, coming out of people like, uh, like uh, Bo Diddley, Bo Diddley and people playing the blues. And then, they, then there's, a switch, there's a switch to uh, rock and roll. And I mentioned to you some of the first people in rock and roll. Who was it? No, I'm, having, I'm 81, so I forget. I mentioned them to you. Who first began to play, be playing, you began, what this? This is different. This be rock and roll, they began to call it. Right. And then there's a guy. What, like, like Little Richard and Jerry Lee Lewis? And That's those? it. Jerry Lewis, I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned Great the Balls other, of Fire. Exactly, all of that. Jerry Lee Lewis, do you, do you remember him? Do you hear of him? I did, yes, absolutely. He used to play the piano, and then he'd get up, and he'd really begin to rock. He'd kick the piano bench away, and that was some of the beginnings of rock and roll. Yes, I actually saw him recently with the Stray Cats. Oh, my goodness. Yes, and now. he's still wow. on the piano rocking it out. What? Amazing. Wow. We're going to play a little Jerry what? Lewis when we can. Why don't you find him? Oh, we'll see if we can do let's that. Start, let's play some of these early, uh, early rockers just to give people a taste. And it happened to be... We heard him. I mentioned him to you. Now I'm having a moment as to who was also one of the first. Wow, wow this is different. This be happening. Did Bo, you say Bo Diddley? No, coming out of Bo Diddley. Okay. And uh, Bo Diddley coming out and beginning to take it up to the next level. And soon they were calling it a rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Jerry Lewis. And I happened to be in the living room. In Minneapolis, Minnesota, we're listening to this for the first time. We're listening to I had a lot of blues records, but we happened to turn on the radio, and there he was, and the early ones, and I happened to be in that living room with Bob Dylan, who was just down from Hibbing, Minnesota, where the wind hits heavy in the borderline. And he mm. was, uh, that, that way I turned him on to Woody Guthrie. You know Woody Guthrie? I do. Uh, Woody Guthrie. I said, you gotta read this, Bob. It was, uh, it was, um, he was a bit of hipster. It was Woody Guthrie's autobiography, Bound for Glory. And a lot of his songs in it. And there's a story of his, his story of riding freight trains, playing at uh, hobo camps, playing at uh, by picket lines, and playing in dives all the way across the country. Um, and that's that story. Uh, I reckon if you're interested in the early days, uh, read uh, Woody Guthrie's uh, Bound for Glory. I love reading rock biographies. It's one of my favorite things. Right? Truth is stranger than fiction. Well, it is, particularly when you're in the midst of it. Exactly. Particularly you're doing stuff and you don't realize you're making hipstery. It's just my living room in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where people are um, playing music. There's uh, playing music, uh, playing music, uh, smoking marijuana, mm-hmm. and talking about radical politics. It was all happening there in my living room in Minnesota. It was like those, when I think of it now, it was like the alternative college for people. They couldn't go to class, that's too much, but they were uh, having their own, uh, their own kind of, we didn't realize it, but it was our own higher learning. So you get high and learn, higher learning. And that's what we were about. 
Well, the great thing about musicians is that if they share a crazy story that's really out of this world, you know, they just get more popular, the crazier the story. Whereas when you talk with actors and people in film, you know, they're all trying to keep their personal lives private. But, you know, that's the great thing about musicians. It's no holds barred. They will just say whatever's on their mind and will tell you, you know, what's really happening with them. And you mentioned men- mental health is something you do. Yes. I say don't panic, keep it organic. There and you go. That's what we cast a wide net. Find that common thread. Let life flourish. And then uh, don't panic, uh, just keep it organic. That's a good secret for mental health. Well, that's that's great advice. I mean, Val mentioned something about keeping balance. Keeping balance in your body um, and also keeping balance in your mind. I mean, a lot of that can be due to, you know, lifestyle, uh, what you're doing, exercising, what you're eating, being really aware of that. Eating organic food, um, you know. And, and realizing that you're part of a long tradition. And that's what the stories are, to realize that it didn't start with you, but that you're part of a tradition that goes all the way back to the blues. Mm-hmm. Oh, we do from Ithaca. So the Common Thread Collective here on MutinyRadio.fm. And uh, we have a call coming in from Claire. And she talked to Dave earlier. So uh, welcome to the Common Thread Collective. Hey, Claire. Thanks for having me. Claire, it's so good to hear your voice. And I was t- we were talking about the swords to plowshares. This, uh, this comes from in the, the Book of Isaiah. It says, we beat your swords into plowshares. Is that right? That's right. It's a very old, uh, old injunction, I guess you may call it, um, invitation. <laughs> and I've been reading, just when, just when I made this connection with you folks here in Ithaca, I, was, I just happened to be reading a biography of Dorothy Day, who's one of the founders of the Catholic Worker Movement, and you guys, you folks also have a connection with that, is that right? Yes, um, there are seven of us in the Kings Bay Plowshares who acted in April of, of 2018, just last April, at Kings Bay Naval Base in Georgia, the home of the Trident Submarine, largest wow. uh, fleet of deadly omnicidal tridents. Um, but anyway, at least four of the seven are from Catholic worker communities. So, yes. Catholic Worker, Catholic. let me just jump in for a second to let us folks. Catholic Worker, it goes back to Dorothy Day, who, who, the, who the, the Pope Francis mentioned when he spoke to Congress as a, he called her out as somebody who's a probable saint. And she was, in fact, the founder of the Catholic Worker, which is a group of Catholic anarchists, kind of anarchists, with their spirit of the Green Revolution, Peter Marin. Am I right? Peter Morin and Dorothy Day, yep. And um, founders of the Catholic Worker. Founder of the Catholic Worker. And here you are expressing it. Tell us what you did. So uh, we went in and, uh, in the middle of the night. We uh, cut a lock and um, walked onto the base. And three of the seven of us went to the site of the bunkers where the missiles are kept. Uh, which is a deadly force zone, and they cut into the fence and held a banner that said, uh, nuclear weapons, immoral and illegal. And uh, they were apprehended quite quickly um, by the young servicemen, 
And um, the, the other four of us went farther in, in a slightly different direction, um, parted ways from them. And Patrick and Mark went to the site of these big missile monuments. Um, they called them the shrines to these weapons. And um, Martha and Hennessy and I went to the administration building for this weapon system. And each of the three of those groups we each did um, held banners. Um, we poured a small amount of our blood. We put up crime scene tape. We spray painted uh, messages and we brought an indictment um, indicting the chain of command from the president of the United States to the commander of the base for war crimes. Um, we brought a co copy of Daniel Ellsberg's book, The Doomsday Machine, Confessions of a Nuclear War Planner. Um, and we brought a, I brought a little bell that was given to me by uh, Hibakusha, a man from Japan, um, who had visited my town just um, a half a year before that action. Um, we... Uh, yeah, we're part of a long tradition. I guess uh, you, as you began in the beginning of the show to talk about the prophet Isaiah, the passage in Isaiah, and in 1980, in in uh, King of Prussia, Pennsylvania, the first Pasha's action was taken at Electric um, General Electric, where they were making the Mark 12A, the nose cone for the Mark 12A warhead. Uh, first strike weapons, nuclear weapons, and so that um, action became known as the Plowshares 8. And since then, there have been about 100 of these nonviolent nuclear disarmament actions, uh, symbolic disarmament actions. And so ours is one of the latest, but um, you can find that the stories of those online, if you look into it. I don't have much time right now, but I'm happy to come back on your show um, and speak some more. No, for but instance, we will uh, be expecting to go to trial sometime this this spring uh, down in Brunswick, Georgia, uh, federal court in Brunswick, Georgia. We're facing three felonies and one misdemeanor for our, our nonviolent symbolic action at the Navy base. And uh, three of the Seven of us are still in the jail, the Glynn County Detention Center, which is, um, like most jails, uh, a hellish place to be, especially long-term. Uh, your health starts to deteriorate quite quickly in those places of little movement, very poor food, and just poor health in general, health conditions. Um, so is, is that where you're calling in from right now? So I'm calling from my home in Ithaca. I'm one of the four who got out on bail and ankle bracelet, and we were on placed on house arrest at first. Um, but after appealing to the court, we were put on curfew. So now mm. I can uh, go out of my house in the daytime between 7 a.m. and 8.30 p.m. Um, but we have these ankle monitors that I wear 24-7, that show it's a GPS, and that's, as you probably know, uh, more and more commonly used for prison and prison people in this country and detainees, and um, we get to pay for the, the privilege of wearing a GPS on our ankle. Um, so I'm learning about what life is like in that regard. 
But, yeah, I'm one of the four that's out, and our three co-defendants, Liz McAllister, who just turned 79, Steve Kelly, who just turned 70, and um, Mark Colville, who's in his late 50s, are are all still in jail. And uh, Ms. McMahon, isn't that Sister McAllister? Isn't she a yes. sister? And she's been involved, uh, she goes all the way back to the Vietnam War, I think, with plus yes. accents. Wasn't she involved in the Cadenceville uh, well, her husband Phil Berrigan was oh, one Phil of the Berrigan. Um, My goodness. defendants. Yep. The Berrigan yep. brothers. He and Phil and others started Jonah House, a uh, community of faith and resistance, for many, many, many years. That's where they raised their children, their three children, and um, really kept the fires burning of faith and resistance in oh. in this country. Well, yeah. faith and resistance is definitely what what we're about. We're on. We're, 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 I have faith that we're here on the planet, that we can find that common thread with our fellow human beings, and one day we will prevail. And we prevail, you. as you say, with places like Jonah House, where people can yeah. get together, form collectives, find one another, because that's what it's about, really, yeah, is finding find one another. another. Act I in community and give thanks. Uh, the create to the creator and uh, protect creation and uh, yeah walk humbly with this process um, yeah thanks for having me on and hope to talk with you further and there's uh, three others I'm sure they would like to speak with you also next week. Uh, and hi to all your listeners I'm sure every one of them is doing great work wherever they are and uh, yeah carry on Strangers becoming friends, friends becoming family, family becoming community, and communities on the move. That's our movement here at the bottom up. So I'm glad what you're doing. And so next uh, two weeks from now, Mel, I want you to March 8th. March 8th. Let's devote as much of the show we can. We have three hours to bringing your folks on, to spreading it here in San Francisco, from San Francisco outward, being heard around the planet, on the Internet. And it seems like a step forward, sister. And I'm so glad to be part of it. What do you think, Val? Absolutely. And if, if you and your um, uh, friends want to get onto a conference call and give us a call on March 8th, uh, we can uh, certainly bring in all the voices at the same time, which would be um, a nice thing to be able Delightful. to do. And I Great. know... That, that you, they talked it to you, I think, because they never expected that you guys could get right in onto the base. They said, what, what are they doing with their band? Onto this base with the nuclear weapons, with first strike yeah. weapons, and there you were in the midst of the base when they discovered you. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Nothing but the Holy Spirit. Well, anyway, um, thanks to you both, and we'll, we'll talk with you soon. Thank you, Claire. Speak of the Spirit. Claire, these are the words that the Spirit brought to me. Spirit speaks to me to the two. My spiritual path is Sufi. And so I'm talking about Rumi and uh, Haviz. But anyway, these are the words that came to me, Claire. Are you still there? Okay, Claire, these are the words that came to me. Learn to love. Love to learn. This never ends. And I think that's what you're about. And I'm looking forward to, to, to devoting the show to you guys, to uh, the, this action, this Plowshare's action, and what it all means to the world, March 8th. Am I right, Val? That's right, March 8th. Okay, Claire, thanks for calling in. This is wonderful. Wow, Dave. So how did you come upon that... that 
that story of, of these people who uh, got onto that Navy base and um, hung the banners that she talked about, the nuclear weapons and moral and illegal. Um, how, how did you uh, get hip to that? Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Facebook, as a matter of fact. And I came to that. There was an ad on Facebook. I think it was Facebook. Maybe I think it was, but I said they were looking for a community organizer, a paid community organizer, and there's a phone number there. And I called, I said, wow, for sure it's the plowshares. I said, wow, there's a media connection. And I called, and I talked to her sister, Claire's sister, and she turned me on to Claire in Ithaca, and so, and, uh, so there we were, and there we are. This is the way it goes. It's where, and she said, it's the spirit. The spirit that brings us together in this way. It's kind of amazing how social media has connected all of us in such a personal way. Where at first it seems like, um, you know, you're you're interacting through a computer, but in reality, um, you can have direct conversations with people, well, people that. that you may may not even know very well. Well, I have thousands of uh, friends on Facebook. Are you on Facebook? I am on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Well, the only one, I'm on the all one, of that. The only one I can remember is Facebook. And so you can find me, Diamond Dave Whitaker. And there okay. And we, and we can say, to be continued. Because I'm interested in what you're talking about, the Iraq hipster, I call it, and how it's all connected. And as I say, I go back to the very beginnings of uh, rock and roll, uh, rock and roll, Way back then, Chuck Berry, I was thinking Chuck of. Berry. Oh, Chuck Berry. And, uh, there you go. Yeah, we had Chuck Berry, and you mentioned uh, Jerry Lewis, and, we, and Bob Dylan was in the living room, in my living room in Minneapolis in 1961, when we first heard it, heard that, wow, this is something different. Wow, this is a, a new opening. And now, and soon, uh, Bob Dylan himself had gone from a folk singer, Woody Guthrie, at the same time he's discovering Woody Guthrie, he stayed up all night on my, on my couch, all night reading a Woody Guthrie's autobiography. In fact, I recommend it to all those listening. As to see, Woody Guthrie, of course, was a folk singer of the 30s, of the 30s and 40s. He had it on his guitar and said, this, this, this machine kills fascists. How did... Um how did he get to be in your living room, Bob Dylan? Well, uh, somebody brought him by. Uh, he'd come down from Hibbing, Minnesota. He was supposed to be going. He'd, he had been Bobby Zimmerman. But when he left uh, Hibbing, Minnesota, where the wind hits heavy on the borderline, as he said, he, he embraced the name Bob Dylan. And I think that was after uh, Dylan Thomas, who we were all listening to. It was kind of the first spoken word record, Dylan Thomas. Do not go gentle on that good night, but rage, rage against the dying of the light. And so he took the name Dylan when he came down. And he came down, he knew he had something else to do than to sit in classes. He couldn't face that, he couldn't do that. But he's standing with his guitar on a street corner in Dinkytown. Dinkytown was like the uh, Bohemian University neighborhood. That was where the, it was before, of course, before he, there was such a thing as a hippie. But we came out of the beatniks where people lived together and, uh, and hang out together and to various graduate students hangers in, hangers out, kind of embracing a bohemian lifestyle, living free. And he's standing on the street corner, looking really sad with his guitar. And so a woman named Bonnie Beecher, 
uh, happened to be going by and stopped to talk to him. And he, she said, and he said, it's terrible. I don't know what to do. I can't take these classes. I don't know anybody. And she said, come with me and brought him to my living room where people are playing music. Little son, Tony Glover, Snake of Dave Ray. Uh, Snake of Dave Ray, Little son, Tony Glover, Snake of Dave Ray. And uh, we're playing music. I'll think of a second. Glover. And uh, we're playing music and hanging out. It brought him up, and uh, he came in and somebody had him, had him because it was also we were also smoking marijuana. This is 1961. This is when it was kind of new. I started in '57. It was kind of new for white people to embrace uh, marijuana. It'd be kind of a secret for black and brown people back then. Mm-hmm. But it was, uh, it was uh, coming out of the beatniks, the beat generation. White folks began to embrace all of that: the blues and the poetry and the marijuana. And so he came in, she brought him in, and somebody maybe handed him a joint, looked at it, said he'd heard about it, he read, looked at it, and took a toke. <laughs> and the rest is hipstery. So Bob Dylan took his first uh, toke in your living room. As far as I know. That's amazing. Right. Now, the thing is, is that you were able to listen to him in your living room, and you recognize talent, right, when you hear it. However, there's so many talented musicians out there in in the local music scene. What was it? Do you remember what his big break was? Well, I remember, um, I mean, listening to him, and I handed him Woody Guthrie's biography, Bound for Glory, by riding freight trains, playing uh, playing music at picket lines, hobo camps, and in dives that were all around the country, with his, uh, with, his, with his brother, Cisco Houston. And they were playing together, it's about that. And so he read that and said, now I have something, and and, and it's totally opened his mind because he had no idea what he was going to do. He knew he had something. Mm -hmm. And so he began to play in local clubs, like what's called the 12 O'Clock Scholar, where we'd hang out. It was like a cafe for people to hang out and find one another, radicals, musicians, find one another. So he began playing in places like that. And uh, so after reading Woody Guthrie's autobiography, uh, Woody, uh, Woody, and I knew. In fact, if you read, uh, if you read Dylan's uh, uh, autobiography, Chronicles, he mentions how I turned him on to Woody Guthrie, and not only that, I knew where Guthrie was, and uh, somewhere on the East Coast, he says. But in fact, I knew exactly where he was. He was in Greystone Mental Hospital, where he's dying of this uh, this genetic disease called Huntington's cholera. It's inheritable, and you go down slowly. And he was down. He could. And so one day, one evening, I remember he said, "Let's call him, Greystone." So we could, we got as far as the uh, as far as the uh, ward where he was. And the, 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 we thought it was like the doctor in the ward might have just said, so, "Oh, he can't come. He's paralyzed. He can't get out of bed." This is before they had they had phones next year next year bed like they did today. And he can't get out of bed. He can't come to the phone. What are you talking about? He's paralyzed. And so we hung up. And then Dylan says, I got to go see him. I got to see Woody before he goes. So we took him to, we took him to the highway. And, um, and, um, and I remember looking back, and there he was, this little guy with his guitar and his satchel going to New York City to see Woody Guthrie. And then a few weeks later, I get this card. 
There's a picture of Woody Guthrie on the front, the famous one of him with a cigarette hanging from his from his corner of his mouth, and on his guitar it says, "This machine kills fascists," and it was a benefit for the Woody Guthrie Children's Fund. The cart, and I turn it over and says, "Dear Dave, I saw Woody. He likes my stuff." Signed Bob, and at the bottom he scrawled, "This card kills fascists." Well, and so he's there, and there's his family sitting beside Woody Guthrie. I think it's, there's been movies kind of of this in the film that's happening, and he's sitting by the side of the, the side of the bed. This is the story, and his family takes care of Woody, bring bring him cigarettes. He could smoke in the hospital in those days. Uh, everybody smoked wherever they were, and uh, brought him cigarettes and treats and so on, and they came in. And he said, who's this? Well, this is uh, Bob Dylan from Minneapolis. He's come all the way to see me, he said. And so they began talking, and they took him back to where they lived, East Orange, New Jersey. These are the people really, really had started taking care of Woody. Uh, so, they, so they brought him back to East Orange. He mentioned that one of them saw him. I'm going, leaving New York City, going back to East Orange. That's where he was. And from there, somehow, I don't know how, he ventured to Greenwich Village, where he used to play in places. At first, there were places where you could play, like the Cafe Wa. You could play there and then take a collection. These coffee houses were beginning to emerge. Cafe Wa. So he began playing there. Fred Neal. Was the MC there? Who's another? Was another early folk singer, really good. To check him out, Fred Neal. We'll probably find him on YouTube. Fred Neal. So he been playing there, and then he went to. And I'm talking to him. He's calling me. Well, I'm talking to him. He's saying to Gertie's Folk City. There was a new club called that just when I was out of Greenwichville. Gertie's Folk City. And so he started playing there, and the rest somehow he got picked up by Columbia Records. Mm-hmm. And the and uh, and uh, by by was it Hampton? They they one of the uh, engineer uh, producers there picked them up and said, "Come on, we'll make a, we'll make a record." And the owner of Columbia Records said, "No, he's going nowhere. We can't." But they made his first record, and it was folk songs. And he had the folk songs of his own discovery they particularly related to. You can find it very early. And that was his first record. Mm. And they have another side of Bob Dylan. And then, then the rest began to come out. And the rest is history. And then to, from there to winning the Nobel Prize. Mm-hmm. The first folks say, what? Bob Dylan, how could that be? The Nobel Prize for literature. That can't be. He's just a singer-songwriter. But in fact, he did. But it all began in my living room couch in Minneapolis, Minnesota. There's some rock journalism hipster. Well, you know, lyrics are tell a story. Well, he began he, with that, really. And there you go. And he learned it from Woody Guthrie. And people listen to the lyrics. People take it into their heart. And uh, it's a great way of communication. In fact, a lot of musicians that I've talked to uh, can be very introverted and sometimes shy. But they find that their best way to communicate is through their music. For some reason, they're able to express their emotions freely through their lyrics and through their music. And um, it's wonderful. That's healing and energizing and... Inspirational. Yeah, I, I've, I've encountered that a lot as a host at Mutiny Radio, for sure, where, you, you know, 
there'll be people who kind of come in, you know, and and they they don't really seem very sure of themselves. And you ask them like, well, what do you what do you do? And they're like, well, you know, I play music, you know. And then they and then they start singing or they start playing, and they're a total dark horse who's come out and they just have all these amazing things to sh- to say. And then they kind of like quiet down again and like, okay, thank you. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's really amazing that the sources of of creativity that people are are housing, you know, and mm-hmm. that's really helped me kind of as a human to just be able to relate to to other people because you know I think sometimes if someone's too especially in our culture in our American culture Mm -hmm. you know if someone's too quiet or they're hanging in the backside or they're kind of the wallflower sometimes people don't pay attention to them or they kind of write them off or think well I don't know I need to talk to that person because you know I don't know if they have anything to say or to offer Um, but it's really uh, people who are like that. The, I mean, the, the old saying of still waters run deep, I mm-hmm. think is really, really true. And I, you know, I, I certainly is, is made me more keenly aware of, of, of folks who are more introverted and, and a little bit reticent because there's something under there, you know, like whether you're talking to, you know, someone in a coffee shop or even, you know, like somebody who's driving you somewhere like, mm-hmm. well, you know, I do poetry and they're like, Oh, oh I write poetry too. I just, don't tell anybody about it, you know? And so... Right. Maybe it's just that. It's just finding their creative medium where they feel comfortable in expressing what's inside of them. And I think that's true with musicians. I mean, there are musicians like Tom Morello and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that are activists and were really into politics. And they discovered that the best way for them to get the word out was through their music. And uh, it's really invigorating and, um, you know... It's the way that they've chosen to best express themselves. Yeah. I, I, uh, I met Tom Morello. I met Tom when I was from beginning to end. It was part of I was part of Occupy San Francisco. Oh, that's Remember right. Occupy? You guys mm-hmm. called into the show. He did. Well, you, you and Don Morello called into Common Thread Collective. That's right. During Occupy. That's right. I said, Tom, yeah, yeah, exactly. And he, he brought a, a bunch of tickets for his show. Yeah, and he was totally delighted, I remember, to be uh, to come down to Occupy and realize something was happening. It's all about, as I said at the beginning of our conversation, uh, to find that common thread. That's, uh, that's what this is about. That's what we're doing at the moment, and we're putting it all around the planet to cast a wide net and find that common thread, which is saying shortly what you were just saying at greater length. Well, the, also on the Bob Dylan front, you know, um, there's a really big book of Bob Dylan's, Dylan's lyrics. It's a real thick, big, big, thick book. Um, and I was somewhere once and, and people had it and people were passing the book around and, and reading his lyrics as poems. And when you have, when you apply a different voice to it, 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 it you really re- realize how how rich it is and and how much he has to offer so you know a lot of people like you said dave you know what well, he the singer songwriter won a prize for literature but um you know there there's a lot in in those lyrics and um, maybe we can find some early dylan i'd love to play some now uh, maybe we'll uh, maggie's we'll farm we'll would be we'll a good see. one we'll see can you find something uh potentially you know it's we we, we, we can we, we can you know i i can search and you know youtube and see if there's anything rolling around out there about um, to be. but he's got a lot of protections in place and we don't yeah, want we don't want to violate that stuff is uh, free yeah. so like uh, maggie's farm or even before that i it was in my living room in fact that he played his first uh, bob dylan song 
It's called he called it Bob Dylan's Blues. Well, somebody had given us back back then they had real real they only had real real tape recorders. All this stuff came later, but somebody had given us a real real tape recorder, and we hung the uh, hung the mic off the lamp off the, the, the lamp in the center of the room and he that's where he recorded and played some of his first songs. Oh, that's kind of like here at Mutiny Radio. Exactly. <laughs> we hang room. things and say, well, no, that's fine. Just roll your own. Yeah, pull that mic up. That's fine. No problem. For, yeah. It all starts at Mutiny Radio. <laughs> everything. Well, I don't buy everything. This is way <laughs> well, down the line. We're we certainly... Take it uh, way back to 1961. My yeah, things, things... It's like a little bay here where, where things flow into Mutiny Radio. Diamond Dave, what were you doing at the time? What you were you involved in the music industry at the time? What were oh, you What were you doing? It just happened to be my living room. It was a, it was a free zone, a free place where people could come and smoke a good good herb. People could come and play music. People could come about talk about whatever. By and large, it was the beginning days of radical politics. It was before the SDS Student for Democratic Society, but some of the seeds were planted there. Students, graduate students, uh, young teachers, hangers on would just come through my door. It was a place. Let's go over to let's go over to Dave, and I was married to Gretel who uh, later established her own institute at Cornell, that's Ithaca, after teaching at UConn, at her own institute called the Institute of called the Institute of Nutritional Anthropology. She was getting her PhD in anthropology. I was just hanging out. And that's what later, uh, and she got her PhD and got serious. I was in a with this wild guy who she had embraced. When she had come out of Bennington College, and she embraced, it no longer really fit. So she went on to teach anthropology while well, went on to be, being me and help and getting back here in 67. I, I'd, been here in, I'd been here in 57 when we were called, when they soon called us Beatniks. You know what Beatniks. And then I came back here in 66 to help kick off the hippie movement. And then up there on Hate Street, 1967, that summer they call the Summer of Love. So any clan, so I saw a lot of the early bands that came out of it. You got Janis Joplin, who was down from, just up from Texas, and they would be practicing in our, in our, in our basement there. And that part of this commune, I lived on, on Page, Page and Laguna. I had all those early bands later to be, uh, to, to go in the music industry, as you call it, began to be picked up and sent around the world. Is that right? Right. Some of those bands that came out of Hate Street. Absolutely. You can mention them. How about, uh, I'm having a... Uh, yeah, Dave has been kind of um, cosmically and strategically placed throughout hipstery uh, in the last 60 years or 60 so. 60 years? Yeah. Well, before that. Well, before that, yeah. We could take it back to 1955. I can't do math, so yeah. No, I, I, <laughs> I know you're 81 now, Dave. But a while. <laughs> and I'd be 81, still hanging in. My body, uh, I have to walk with a walker, uh, saying, learn to love, love to learn. This never ends. Why can you find some of that music? Anything you well, find? Well, you know what I pulled up when we, earlier when we were talking um, was some Chuck Berry. Oh, Chuck Berry would be a good start. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about rock and roll, rock and roll. Imagine how this felt when this first hit the hit the airwaves way back then. It was before the term rock and roll was even coined, I think. 
Chuck Berry and uh, coming out of the blues. Take it away. Imagine how this film. Wow, we thought. gentlemen and I shall do for you first a song that I first recorded number one it was a fairly nice hit and it went quite high in the American charts the title of it is Maybelline So that's some original rock and roll, folks. Chuck Berry. That was actually after he had been gotten pretty famous um, 
That's okay. Um, that was in 1958. That was a TV appearance. I found it on YouTube, so it's out there. Um, but yeah, there's that, you could hear that backbeat, right? That rock and roll. It's that that was that new sound, right, Diamond Dave? Totally new. And you mentioned, uh, you mentioned his piano. Well, he, oh, who? Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry Lee Lewis. It was Jerry Lee Lewis. It was another one. Mm-hmm. And the two of them came in pretty simultaneously from a couple different traditions. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Chuck Berry came out of the blues. And Jerry Lee Lewis came out of country, really. Came out of deep country. Jerry Lee Lewis, but took it up a notch, or a notch or two, or a notch of a hundred, and got there on that piano. I remember how we'd, we, we, we saw him for the first time. And he'd be sitting on the piano, and then he'd kick the piano bench away and really rock out. And that was like rock and roll in its, um, in its, um, its very early days. Well, should we should we play some Jerry Lee Lewis? Yeah, let's then? play some. Uh, and of course, uh, early Elvis too was coming on. He was on TV, black and white TV. That's all we had then. And there was Elvis, and uh, coming out of the blues and doing what he did, and, and waving his uh, pelvis around. Elvis the pelvis, they call him. But he too, <laughs> his roots were rock, were country, and uh, becoming a rock and roll. The early Elvis. So it's all connected. But you have some Jerry Lee Lewis. Let's play him. And yeah. maybe we'll see if we discover some early dear Dylan, too. Yeah, here I'm he a- is on the, the Steve Allen show. This is 1957. Still a little bit later than... Um, Oh, 
Jerry Lee Lewis. Look him up. If you don't know, now you know. Um, I love YouTube. There's so many gems out there um, that we can just tap into. So, uh, yeah, thanks for this rock and roll hipstery session. Um, hipstery. hipstery with Diamond Dave and with Mari Fong, who herself is a music journalist. Um, so this has been a great hour. It's just it. flown by. And Get what you can. Get what you need. That's what we're about. Strangers becoming friends. Friends becoming family. Family becoming community. Equity on the move. That's our movement. So that was the early days of rock and roll. I love it if we could find some early Bob Dylan from that time, uh, just a little later, who had absorbed that, who'd taken and went soon, went from uh, folk, Woody Guthrie, to, uh, the, to uh, being picking up and embracing that rock and roll. See if we can find. Hey, Max, here's Max. So, and I see Rob's out here, too. So, Mary, you're always welcome here. Thank you so much. You live down in L.A., though, eh? I'm in Los Angeles. Yes, I am. I come up here, though, and I visit uh, every so often. I've got both my daughters here, so. Well, beautiful. Yes. And, yeah, bring your daughters. I have daughters, too. Uh, anyway, I'm granddaughters too. But anyway, blah blah blah. But anyway, uh, anytime we're we're here every other Friday. Wonderful. At this time, well, uh, at this time, come on in. Send people up here. We're always open to people coming through that door. And my job is to uh, our job. My job is to weave it together. I'm never sure who's going to show up, but I know people are going to be show up. And so, go ahead. the people will be here. And I something. Oh, nobody's got to come and so on. But people do come, and uh, the word's got out. And our job is to put the word out here in San Francisco, streaming around the planet and the internet. And uh, that's what we do. Awesome. Thank you so much, Diamond Dave and uh, Global Val. Thank you. I will see you next time. And since we're on the internet and don't have, we don't have to obey the five of the, the FCC, five rules, five words you can't say, I can still say, fuck yeah, here we are. <laughs> fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Free speech, here we go. On some early Bob Dylan. Yes, and how many seas must the white dove sail Before she sleeps in the sand Yes, and how many times must the cannonballs fly Before they're forever banned The answer, my friend, is a-blowing in the wind The answer is blowing in the wind
man look up before he can really see the sky isn't how many years must one man have before he can hear a people cry isn't how many deaths will it take till he knows Well, anyway, it's for young Bob. Hello, Dave. And Hello, Val. And he'll be the young Rob. <laughs> who's, so I'm so glad that, that you that you appear here very regularly. That when you have a well, I want to have a place. Is this right? To uh, to uh, to put out your newest work. Do this your, is every time I do have your a thing. new song. This is the first place I come. And then it's streaming around the planet. <laughs> Well, that's good. Well, you're a highly talented human being. I'm really glad to have you here, brother. And so, uh, so what is this song? This is a new song. Yes. All right. We got a uh, a brand new song. This is called the Naked Song. The Naked Song. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I don't have a whole studio audience to work with. This song works a little bit differently. It's meant for a whole large crowd, but I'll adapt Well, they're it. out there. They're out there. They're, they're out listening, there. or they're going to download it and hear it. Because and, and speaking of the words that you can't say on the radio, but you can say here, yeah. that's actually the one thing that I need help with in this. The audience has one job. Uh, when I point to them, they need to shout out the line, throw those fuckers in jail. So, okay. so maybe when I point to you, Dave, you can shout out, throw those fuckers I in can. jail. <laughs> All right. So shall we uh, rock and roll? Let's rock and roll. That's what we're talking about today. That's our theme today, it turns out. All right. The early days of rock and roll, where I was a much younger man. The galaxy premiere of the Naked Song. Galaxy premiere. Wow. Hey. Hey, you. Are you naked? No, no, no. Under your clothes. Oh, that is hot. Wait, is everyone here naked? You saucy little minxes. You are beautiful. I want to be naked every day. Naked is the way. Let's naked play. Let's go splash in the naked rain and ride the rails on the naked train. This just in, being naked reduces shame and heart attacks. It improves self-affirmation and circulation. Indeed. No one would ever declare war on an all-naked nation. Tourism would soar for an all-naked nation. Babies who get naked love have better health and fewer tears. Adults who get naked hugs have less stress and fewer fears. Frostbite and sunburn are the only naked dangers, but nudists are more tolerant, more tolerant of strangers. How do you fear someone naked? How do you hate someone naked? How do you hurt someone naked? Tear off your shirt and be naked. Somebody get naked. 
stand proud and tall if everyone does it. They can't arrest us all. Somebody come here, undress you or me. We'll all close our eyes. When we open them, we'll be free. But wait, being naked is still a crime? What? How? How is that possible? Taking off your clothes is in the same category as murder. The same category as extortion. The same category as getting married with an STI. No joke, in Nebraska, getting married with an STD is illegal. If I were Nebraska governor, I'd make marriage illegal and give STIs a goddamn parade with floats and canker kissing booths. Eh, all right, too much, but definitely floats. And in Pennsylvania, selling babies is illegal. Uh, fair enough, all right. But, 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 but what does it say about Pennsylvania that they had to make that law? Getting back to this naked thing, let's follow the illegal logic to its conclusion. Newborn babes, naked as jays. Let's make them do hard time. Throw those fuckers in jail. Throw those fuckers in jail. Pets and food animals, just naked all the time. Put those fuckers in jail. Uh, wait, wait, what's the next line? Uh, cops who do strip searches must be accessories to a crime. Put those fuckers in jail. Let's get naked, let's get nude, let's get stalkers. It's not loot. Let's disrobe, let's be bare, let's boogie in the buff. Let's do it everywhere. Let's Naked. undress. Let's Naked. unzip to our Naked. birthday suits. Let's all Naked. strip. Why aren't you naked? Naked. Why aren't we all? Are we afraid of each other? Scary boobies and balls. Let's be naked. Naked happy elves. What's wrong with us? Are we afraid? of ourselves. Uh, Just think, one day, years from now, a little face will look up at you, Dave, and say, you were there, Gigi? You were there when he sang the naked song? Did you take your clothes off? Did you, Dave? Did you? I thought about it. I know you did. Tell me you did. I did. Are you going to break that little cherub's yeah. heart? I didn't think so. And now, the naked round. It goes like this. Let's be naked. Let's be nude. Let's be bare. It's not lewd. Let's be naked. Let's be nude. Let's be bare. It's not lewd. Now, if I had a whole studio full of audience, I would have them do the naked round. But yeah. let's pretend that we just heard them all doing that and it was glorious. You'll never... Feel what it's like to be someone Until you see them naked You'll never really see someone Until you see them Naked, naked. So seriously, why are you all still clothed? Oh yes, funny singer, funny singer But we can't really take our clothes off No, really? What happened to you as a child that you believe that? What soul-sucking, self-loathing idea Wormed into your brain? Take your clothes off, you'll be everybody's hero how many chances in life do you get to be a hero? If you get naked, you will remember it for the rest of your life. And when you die, you will smile. And that ain't nothing. I love you all, you saucy minxes. I see you under those clothes. Okay, the big finish. Follow my hands. Low voices sing, naked. naked. High voices sing, naked. naked. Everybody together, naked. 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 Well, Bob Dylan said a line, even the President of the United States sometimes has to stand up naked. Damn right. He, he was talking about LBJ, who was a president then, Lyndon Baines Johnson. <laughs> but imagine, you can imagine Trump standing up naked. I 
saw that before the election. In, I was in New York, and the, you remember the statue of Trump that appeared around Union Square, the naked statue of Trump. No, I didn't know that. It's amazing. Yes, it did. It could have lasted too long, but the idea, even the President of the United States sometimes has to stand up naked. <laughs> Bob Dylan. Do you have another song you want to do? I sure do. I've got, so. I have been Bob. very productive hey, lately. Hey, it's so amazing to have Val having a... Rob, I should uh, play his new songs, give it its world debut right here. What, uh, what Val doesn't know uh, is that uh, Dave got naked and then put his clothes on again in the time that she took a little break. So here we go. The next one. Um, this, is, uh, this is untitled as of right now. I'm not sure what the title is yet, uh, but this one is a little, a little more serious. Uh, here we go. Maybe, maybe you can give me some advice on the title on this one. I could tell you we're not full of holes where love was supposed to be. But I wouldn't be fooling anyone. I could say you, I could say you can't have your way with me by flattering my vanity. But I wouldn't be fooling anyone. I could tell you if you, uh, I could tell you that tonight we'll all have someone to hold. I could tell you we take care of the helpless and the, the old. old. I could tell you that no child gets left behind. I could say that all our secrets wouldn't traumatize your mind. I could tell you I don't want to sex up every woman here But I wouldn't be fooling anyone I could say that's not a sociopath Looking back in your mirror But I wouldn't be fooling anyone I could tell you if you saw all truth You wouldn't go insane I could tell you that this world isn't shrieking in pain I could tell you it's okay to bring a baby into this life I could tell you no one here ever opened their wrist with a knife I could say there are no killers or rapists in this crowd but I wouldn't be fooling anyone I could tell you I am enormously endowed But I wouldn't be fooling anyone I could tell you that prison isn't a crime against life I could tell you little girls should dream of being somebody's wife I could say you should all take home a Robbie Love Slave clone. I could tell you most of us won't soon be masturbating alone. I could tell you it's not sensible to be a perpetual stoner. I could tell you I do not want an everlasting boner. I could tell you California won't soon combust. I could tell you circumcision didn't cripple my capacity for trust. Oh my goodness. I looked for humanity's gravestone to see what epitaph I would find. It said, whoever had change in their pocket had no change in their mind. I could tell you if we let it be, it might just go away. 
But I wouldn't be fooling anyone I could tell you other animals are Arrogant enough to pray But I wouldn't be fooling anyone I could say if I were rich You wouldn't see me with See me with different eyes I could tell you the prophet vultures Are not waiting for your demise I could tell you in this life We're not out here on our own I could tell you we're not reaping Exactly what we've sown I could tell you I do not like Lesbian multiracial porn I could tell you there was no justice at the little big horn, I could tell you that farts are just not funny. I could tell you that racism is not about money, but I wouldn't be fooling. I wouldn't be fooling. I wouldn't be fooling anyone Wow! Every line is food for thought in that. <laughs> hey Rob, you'll be an amazing songwriter. Thank Coming you. almost every week, every other week, with interesting and amazing stuff. Thank if, you. If we're back in the day with Dylan Day, I'd say, you need to put out a record. I don't know what it's called that day, but what it's called in this day. But you need some way where people can hear your stuff, get your stuff, and say, that here's Rob, a strong writer for sure. Well, this is a good start. Having having this streamed and then available and archived to send to anyone, that's a, it's a that's good right. start. That's right. I mean, feel free. I mean, this is a uh, a, a platform for creativity. You know, our, our podcast, you know, pop up on mutinyradio.fm. If you are so inclined, go grab your, you know, grab the shows that you're a part of and, you know, edit it down and make yourself an album out of your live tracks wow, on the Common Thread right. Collective. Exactly. My brother knows how to do that. And he's done that with a couple of uh, the, from, from, from this uh, Mutiny Radio. He's, yeah, he's single tracked a couple of my songs. Nice. Well, well just as a I, you know it's funny because as a radio dj engineer engineer is a big word for me because um <laughs> I, I don't know as much about sound engineering and production as i probably should but um having uh, done a lot of editing of my women's magazine show for kpfa um i was able to figure it out pretty it's pretty simple like if you use like audacity mm-hmm. um the, you know you download it to your computer all you gotta do is like you know have your have the your track and you can import it to your audacity you can eliminate everything else and you you know you've got a track of your music and then you just start a new track and you move it over till till it's the end of the first track and lo and behold at the end you have an album yeah Yeah, an album is what we're talking about so talk to your brother yeah, get and your brother on board. Make he, your brother work. He says it's so easy. He says, idiot, it's easy. <laughs> oh, so. it, it has a little free, like, little tutorial. I, I had to kind of teach myself how to do it. I had one person who already used it kind of show me a couple things that I had already learned by reading the little tutorial. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I was like, okay, that, like, I, th- I think I already knew that. Like, I, I, you know, so it's actually a pretty simple program to use, you know, but we all have our different talents. So I'm all about putting putting our brothers to work. Yes. Dan, <laughs> as, uh, as, as a little free. sister, I'm like, get to work, guys. Yeah, come so on. then we can say, you come and you do a song or two, a new song or two, <laughs> and then where I can say, you can say, we can say, and if we want to hear more, 
I have an album. You can find it. Blah blah blah. Yes. I don't know if you could. Uh, I don't know if you could put a little, get a little money from it. Money doesn't talk; it swears. Mm. That's another deal of mine. <laughs> like we go, we should go Dylan, but that'd be wonderful. But yes, let's do it. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. Do you have something else you'd like to do? I I have one more. You want to hear one more? Sure, why not? Then this is a song that I've been saving for you, Val. I think this is the song oh boy. that is going to put me over the top in terms of getting an invitation to the Women's Issues show to do my my power feminist set. <laughs> this is a brand new, also Galaxy premiere. This is called Future Woman. Future woman came from the future To save the sea and air and grasses And pull everybody's heads Out of everybody's asses Fly, future woman, fly Soar up into the sky She'll help every loser to win But not before noon she likes to sleep in. She squirts mini baby missiles that transform jerks and narcissists. Her favorite targets? Telemarketers and televangelists. Shaving her head but nowhere else. Toppling tyrants with her sense of humor. Dangling CEOs over volcanoes. Writing algorithms to cure tumors. Fly future woman fly she always stops for a nice piece of pie she knows it's not about evil versus good she knows that monsters are misunderstood she never lets anyone cry or masturbate alone if she hasn't gotten to you yet well there are eight billion of us can we stop fucking already Two, three, four, fly, future woman, fly, soar up into the sky, smashing and trashing every single gun, flipping factory farms into the sun. Building bridges and knocking down walls, finding male gods and yanking off their balls. Hunting the hunters and nailing the whalers. Belching and farting like a pack of sailors. Feeding starving babies with her normal-sized boobs. Doing it all in sensible shoes. Annihilating the axis of evil. Hallmark Disney American Idol. Fly, future woman, fly. Roar up into the sky. Save the day, but she's never ever pushy Soaring away with a wiggle of her tushy Fly, future woman, fly Roar up into the sky She's got a shit ton to do She could use a little help From me and you
that's what happens when we're stepping up, flying up. Damn right. <laughs> well, you know, Rob, I... <laughs> You sometimes leave me a little bit speechless. There's definitely things in that song I can get behind. Uh, I I appreciate the the notion of pulling people's heads out of their asses for them. I try to do that gently all the time. Sometimes it works, but often it doesn't. And, you know, that's just the way it is. Sensible shoes, absolutely. Um, And, you know, it's interesting. One line that seemed kind of random but actually does apply to me. You're saying, uh, what was the one about monsters? Uh, monsters are misunderstood. So a little, a little global vowel um, factoid. I was named after a children's story that my mother wrote before I was born, and it's called. She called it Valerie Valiant, and so basically the the premise is this girl who walks around from village to village and ends up in a town where everybody's really nice, and then it. As soon as the sun goes down, they get all scared and they run inside. And she's like, what's going on? And they're like, well, there's a dragon nearby and and we're all afraid of the dragon. So Valerie Valiant decides that she's going to go and talk to this dragon (laughs) and see what's up. And she does. And she's like, you know... I'll, the whole town's scared of you, you know. There's that like that one time you came and attacked everybody, and he's like, "Yeah, well, you know, somebody like came in and you know scared me out of my cave, and you know now they don't want me anywhere near, so I just stay over here." And like he hasn't come out in years, and so she actually brokers peace between the dragon and the town. There you go. So. There you go. So, you're, I mean, you're on to something, Rob. Feminine solutions. I mean, the world has not yet truly seen what women are capable of. The the solutions that they that they would offer that are that are different from the crap that we have had for the past twenty thousand years. Amen. We are we're getting there slowly but surely. We are getting there. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, I don't know about the line about shooting missile bit babies. Out. <laughs> I, that that that's a little, that might be a little much for me. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, the man slays the dragon, blah, 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 but the woman brokers a deal, finds that common thread. Is that right? Right, and ends fear. And yes. fear. And uh, I'm looking forward. I'm, uh, Bernie, Bernie Sanders, I'm, I don't really, I'd really, I like, rather see him as an elder statesman and because the women are stepping up with similar politics because I think it's about time that we have a woman, not Hillary, a woman for president. Here, and here. there are some running. So Bernie, uh, you're an elder statesman. So he could be the Secretary of the Interior or something. But it's time <laughs> for a woman, a radical woman, a woman like Elizabeth, like Elizabeth Warren. I like Elizabeth Warren too. I, I have to say though, kind of as a as a woman, I I try not to play those identity politics too much. You know, I feel like that gets thrown around a lot you know I'm going to vote for her because it's her um, and, and and I think in some cases that makes sense because if you look at the other candidates but I also do um, really appreciate Bernie Sanders and I'm not writing him off but he's as old as I am almost who's <laughs> this old guy Dave, well so but I'm not ready he? to be president of the United States well the most I can do is do all, my blah 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 on a Friday we're all on our own paths Dave Fuck yeah. Fuck you all again. Well, hey, brother, uh, brother, I'm sure glad you came in. And uh, well, if you have, still have any of that good old rock and roll on, let's put a little music on. I'm going to put a little music on, and, and then uh, we'll transition. Uh, Max, he's going to talk a bit about what he's doing. And her sister has just come in named Aunt. She's in the UK. She's waiting for EK. UK, EK, EK is coming wow. in. She, she uh, suggested she come in and play some music. Fantastic. And so she's going to kind of take us nice. out. 
and uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and we've got our friend DJ Rubble out there, who's got some announcements as well. So I'm going to play some music for a a moment or two. We'll regroup. Um, This is some music from Arko uh, Mukharaji.
pasar por ti más Ella que pasar por ti más Music.com. That's A-R-K-O music.com. Really pretty stuff, and it's a happy Friday around here at Mutiny Radio. You're listening to the Common Thread Collective here on MutinyRadio.fm in the Mission District of San Francisco. It is Friday. What the heck is the date today? It's 2-2-2. It's February 22nd, 2019. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Can you believe it, Diamond Dave? I can believe it. And March is about to come marching in. 
That's right. And they say about spring, March winds and spring, it's on this beautiful day, spring seems to be on the way. And hey, he'll be DJ Rebel coming in as he usually does to make some announcements and let us know what's going on out there. Rabo, what's happening? Yeah, things going on. Um, one announcement that I brought in and one that I saw sitting out here in the um, oh, lobby way. for the first time that's of interest, and that one is um, a big rally put on by the um, longtime socialist organizations in here Saturday, March 12th, two weeks from now, it sounds like at noon at UN Plaza, 7th and Market, um, March and Rally hands off Venezuela and um, opposing all this action against Venezuela and also in the context of that the um, current regime is going after all three of the overtly leftist left-leaning governments over there, them Cuba and Nicaragua, and also over talk about just raiding their oil supply. So, so that's, that's the rally, and it's in conjunction yes. with a national march on Washington on March 16th. So that one's that one. That, it was at the 12th, though, here in San Francisco? That's the 9th. Oh, the 9th. Saturday, March 9th. So I believe that's two weeks from tomorrow. Okay. And the other one I brought in, it has barely touched the popular press a little bit, but we've got a s supervisor election coming up in District 5. That was Mayor London Breed's old district, and she's got a, basically a caretaker named Valley Brown in there, who I don't know much about, doesn't have a lot of um, yeah, name she, recognition. She was, um, she's, she's been working in District 5 for a long time. She um, worked in District 5 um, as a legislative aide when uh, Ross Mercurimi was the supervisor as well. So she's been in City Hall for a long time. Oh, I must know her. Oh, that's right. She said she's worked for progressive and moderate. But she's a she's a longtime person. And um, Dean Preston... A long person, too. Dean Preston is not known big time through the media because he's never held office or anything like that but he's been an he's been an activist lawyer working for low income causes and a staunch um, housing activist um, the founder of the state organization tenants tomorrow and working all over here in the city and I live in that district and he ran a totally grassroots David and Goliath campaign against London Breed um, that London Breed snuck through 53 to 47 and he's it was all about organizing he's continuing to organize referring to himself as the first democratic socialist looking to be on the board since Harry Britt and if he gets there he'll he'll clearly have the progressive agenda that he wants to he doesn't have any reason to want to assimilate to anything else so there's a campaign kickoff event for him today friday february 20th 6 to 8 p.m at a bar restaurant i never heard of named phono bar 
370 Grove Street, San Francisco. This is right around the corner of Grove Street and Franklin around Hayes Valley. Phonobar, P-H-O-N-O-B-A-R, and um, 6 to 8 tonight. So if you're interested in knowing more or being a part of that or donating a little bit, then feel free to show up there. And invite him down here. He knows me quite well. You remember, Bell? Yeah, he came down before. What he time do you want me to ask him to come? After three, well, three o'clock. Yeah, three but, o'clock. but our okay, next great. show won't be until March 8th. So, so just March 8th be a good, at 3. Yeah, March 8th or, or March 22nd, we'll be doing our shows again. Um, yeah, no, he was, he was down here before. You know, one of the... Um, kind of things that, that came out during those District 5 elections before were, you know, Dean Preston is a, is a housing rights activist. Um, he also is a, a homeowner here in San Francisco in Alamo Square. Um, and, you know, also Mayor London Breed is a, is a renter in, in District 5. So um, it's kind of an interesting juxtaposition that was going on, um, you know, within his own politics. They are both, I, I'm not for her politics, but they're both strong campaigners and a volatile debate they had down in the Fillmore I think was one of the best toughest debates I'd heard in years he's he's very well spoken that was during the last the last campaign will be happening again probably so he's very lawyer like rhetoric and mastery of facts well, so we're he's a very good candidate uh, if you will be a rep- representative and invite him down and uh, definitely connect I don't know if you have my number, but we'll connect. Uh, if you if you uh, print it down and he wants it, I can give it to him. I, I can't do it at the moment because I can't remember. It. Oh, okay. But it's a new number. I'll just, I'll just tell him to show up if he wants to. Perfect. Come. I can write down Diamond Dave's phone number he, for she you. She can do that. Yeah, he can hand, you hand do, me that yeah, paper. Yeah, hang on. Yeah, no, we'd love to have him come back. Absolutely. He was um, he was a really great guest, and he was you know definitely speaking to you know some really important things uh, you know, issues around housing uh, here in San Francisco that, um, you know, we all definitely are uh, aware of and, and, and concerned about. I'm writing down that you're... Go ahead, Dave. I'm writing well, your phone number I see Max here. Max. Yeah, hello there. T- tell I, us what you've been about. We have a few minutes now. Tell us what, uh, what you're about and what's the... Uh, I'd say the past shakes hands with the future for the now. Yeah, I, be the I now. don't want Take to lose your time and not my time. So I will be brief. Uh, Valentine's night, I was over at Bart Station in West Oakland. Yeah, what happened I, there? I, I slept there even, crawling the rats over my legs, my purples. Oh, my goodness. I served them books, interesting literature and a bag, big bag of bread and I promised them to have little houses on wheels to go over to three hours from here in the desert we have there 550 acres Michael Snook is the founder of Burning Man and he is tired of the situation he had here NIMBY in West Oakland he is evicted or you cannot pay the rent anymore, and he is tired of having, for 15 years, accumulated uh, Burning Man stuff, and he wants to do something different. So he is collaborating with me. So he bought already the piece of land, only 580 acres. Wow. And there we built up our tents 
for the homeless people, for artists, etc. So different groups. And, 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 and northwest, south, it's, we build up and we clean up the city. So this is one part. Uh, kind of cold. Michael Snook is a big dude and he is burned out with the art and the abuse from Burning Man. And he is doing something now. He had a dream and the dream was the CCGR for Circle City Green Revolution has started now. So we have this, uh, this week was a boat stranded here on Baker Beach. And I was claiming I'm building up my library. I am looking for books because mm -hmm. I'm building up a little house with, with a library that I can give them books to the homeless people. At the same time, I have a pizza oven and six hot, hot plates. Yeah? yeah. And on my trailer, I have 20 outlets of that I can charge the electricity, the, the, all the computer world. They're all stocked on the, on the campaments. They don't have electricity, so they need to plug it in. So I deliver them electricity, hot meal, yeah, yeah, a pizza, and a little homes to go over to. Three hours from here. It's yeah, three close, hours it, from it's here. close to Nevada. Uh, it's close to Burning Man. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Just uh, so it's east. So I was Circle looking City for books. Green Very Revolution. strangely, I was looking for books. And I, I live in the Presidio and mm -hmm. I walk down and do my walk, my steps down. Yeah. And I see there a boat there. What is this? A stranded boat. Yeah, 20, washed uh, up onto boat, shore. 27 feet long. Wow, look at this. So I met a sailor there, uh, moving out books. This boat was loaded with 500 books. Oh my goodness. So my books are mine. I just needed them. And so boat. this boat was stranded for me. Wow. And it's still hanging out there in Baker Beach. Wow. So the dude, the dude, the, 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 the I sold it. He sold it. He wanted to give it to me. You know, I, I buy it. Oh. So I buy it for, not for one dollar. But for one cent. For one penny. Uh, so the book, the, the boat was signed over to you? The boat, yeah. I have my pink slip and everything. So this for me. But he had, to pay, he had to pay the ticket. So he had a ticket for stranding here in Baker Beach. Right. Making their... Yeah, it's uh, very expensive. This never happened. Mm -hmm. and, and, and all mm -hmm. the pictures, the boat in the background, we have Golden Gate Bridge. It's a beautiful... Uh, even even they they uh, <laughs> that they painted something a bad vibes bop here right a, a so the, boat's, on my boat. the boat's been vandalized come on already well that's okay it'll need a bottom job anyway so this boat will serve <laughs> i will transform it in cleaning up the plastic in the ocean yeah and i need more boats we oh, do. one penny but we have at the back of the road sailing and enjoying life, but at the same time they're cleaning up all the plastic, which I need because I need recycled plastic for my garden towers. I need the molds, a kit of molds, and there we pour in our sediment creek, our, our product. Mm -hmm. Half an hour later, you take the mold off yeah. and you have your and you build up your garden towers. That's it. 
That's it. You're so right. I clean up. I clean up this, your shit here with the plastic. Sorry, my expression. That's okay. Yeah, and I and I give you healthy garden towers for healthy food. Okay. Fantastic. Okay, my five minutes so, are over. <laughs> so holistic, your 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 vision. So this is not only vision. willing to you, uh, uh, um, Dave. I'm doing it. Well, you need a crew. You need some people to be with you. As long oh, as you're many alone. People, many people say yes, 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 yes. Yeah, and at the end of that, they do nothing, okay? Uh, One after another. Well, that's why I say you need a crew. People who will follow through with you. you you're doing it. You're well, helping well, me. Well, all I have to do is sit here. My skepticism <laughs> is my skepticism. But I'm glad to see you have a vision. Okay. Because the Bible says without, the, without a vision, the people perish. Okay. And so you're staying alive with your multiple visions. Visions. Now with your I, boat. I'm blessing Michael's your, your for, boat. For vision for 500 acres is incredible. Oh, well, in the desert. It's kind of cold out there, though. No, we have no. Our, our tents yeah. are 20 degrees warmer okay. in the winter. It's kind of cold out there. And 30 degrees cooler in the summer. So are you we, living we out have there? small yeah. paradises. So you have to talk to homeless people, and, uh, and they have to find a way to get to the desert. We bring um, them. We, we bring them over with the little cars. We have we have we have trucks to bring them over. But you always say we, but I don't know about the we. It sounds like it's just me, you. No, no, no. We are doing. Yeah, well, hey, we have to start someplace. That's, yeah, we are starting. That's right. well, we're starting someplace right here. Yes. So can you tell people who would be interested? Say, I want to see if he follows through. I'd like to help him as he follows through. How can people find you? <sighs> Is there How a way for people me? to find you? Otherwise? Well, I'm opening, I'm opening an, um, a non-profit uh, organization. 501c3. Uh, uh, Circle City Green Revolution. So my goal is to do the fourth <laughs> rush. We had the gold rush. Then we had the oil rush. Then we had the tech rush. And I use now the tech rush to do the CC Green Revolution rush. Because we have to have healthy food here. I'm tired to see here the, the, the abuse in the USA especially for unhealthy food. Mm -hmm. So all my all my all those people that I send over to the desert, they will only eat organic food. How so? How so? Because we grow it ourselves there. The, the garden oh, towers, grow it the organic in the garden desert. towers, yeah. yeah. And, and you, you're going to have this vehicle. And they have medicinal plants even. And you have this vehicle with hot plates, is that right? Yeah. It could and be. It's no temporary here in Oakland. Okay. But the big thing is, is, is far away. It's, in September, in September, uh, Michael Snook. In September, he had to be out of his, of his house in Oakland. So he... He's gone. So he's going to move so out there. Before September, we are building up this there in, in his new place. And so if, say, if somebody Googles Circle City Green, what is it? Circle City? What Green, is it? Revo Green Revolution. Green Revolution. Yeah. Will they find Green anything? Revolution. Will they find anything if they Google that? Google they will find it. Not today, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. It's all about tomorrow. No, no, but hey, Max. Yeah. It's, it's not a joke anymore. Oh, well, I'm not laughing. I I'm looking to go, forward to I have to go to to speak with some lawyers that I can trust and build it up. I don't want to spend my money that end up on the government, etc. It is shameful. We have to help those people from the diff with different routes. Yeah? From bottom up. 
I don't need. Uh, we sell our products. We make art products, garden towels, etc. And the big dudes, the new rich, all the tech people with the big money, well, they will be our clients. Because if this product with our seal for CCGR, CC Green Revolution, is a seal for the, our, our, our products, our art, just name it, right. that goes all to the same, to, to, to keep the people out of the streets, to help the artists, artisans, etc., poets that are starving to death, well, there they have. A Cent- beautiful paradise to live in. Okay, that's uh, that's uh, Central City Green Revolution. Is that right? Circle C-C- City. Yeah. Circle Cir- City Circle Green City. Revolution. The Circle well, City. Each Circle City is one acre and a half big, oh. like a giant circus tent, and I have the guarantee for ten years resistant. Ten years resistant. Weather, and, weather resistant. And windproof, 160 miles an hour. So well, what we are waiting for? Well, well, I wish you well, Max. Thank you. And uh, thanks for coming in. Yeah. And the I'm next time, I want to have Michael updates. Snook, I'd like to talk to him. Okay, perfect. And also Michael Collins. Those two dudes, you have to invite them. Michael okay, well, you invite him. You're, you're, you're in touch with them. So bring them by. Nice. Okay? Well, we have upcoming shows. Um, again, we'll be here next uh, March 8th and then on March 22nd. So that's our second and fourth Fridays of the month. So any any month and any of those second or fourth Fridays of the month, it's always good to have you come in and give us your updates and invite your you know people that you'd like to, to come in and join and talk about it as well. Um, I love the the inspiration and the holistic vision of it all. So thank you so much, Max, for being here. As always, every time, it's good to have you here. I appreciate you. Um, So we are moving into close to the five o'clock hour. And we actually have a... An international, another international guests, guest um, who has found her way to Mutiny Radio. And she's sitting patiently on the stage holding an ancient uh, Japanese uh, style stringed instrument. But she herself, I believe, is from the UK. Um, Aunt, hello. Hello. Welcome. Before, she, before oh. she comes on. Oh, well, hold that thought. Yes, Dave. And that reminds me, E.K. Keith was the one who told her about the show, and that reminds me that we have coming up sooner and sooner Poems Under the Dome. That's right. And the three of us really have done, this is going to be what, what annual Poems Under the Dome? 14th. 14 years we've been doing this. Uh, when I first had that original vision, uh, I said, well, we could do it. The idea of an open mic in City Hall, under the dome, the dome of City Hall. So, well, maybe we could do it once, but I, I think it could be done. Little did I imagine that, 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 that we'd be having our 14th annual. That's Poems right. Under the dome. Yes, and thank and, you so much to EK for, for really making it happen. And she's the one who, who suggested Ant, who seems like a Celtic uh, person. Is that EK? EK's here. And, okay, EK, thanks for bringing Ant. She looks amazing. We're going to hear Aunt, give us three songs. Yeah. Hi, Aunt. Welcome Hello. to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so uh, I know you have some music, but also you can tell us a little bit about yourself if you'd like to. Myself? Um, or well, I don't have musical training, so that's helpful. Um, I'm half Scots, half Italian, um, and this is an instrument called shamisen, and... Um, it's Japanese, and I do use it to play Japanese folk music too. 
Um, but um, I also, however ill-advisedly, make songs of my own, and these are the ones that I'm going to inflict on you now, unless something intervenes to make me stop meteors, etc. You've come to the right place. We have a very open, flexible type of format, and we're happy to have you. So if you've got a couple original songs or if you want to do any uh, Japanese folk songs, you know, we've got some time. So okay. however, however long your, your fingers hold out on the, on the shambusan. Okay, or your ears. Um, okay, all right. So sh shall I play something or at least try to do something right okay so uh so this is um hello this is a confusing little song entitled uh, the stricken maiden's cheer uh. Yes, but the, the subtlety comes through in the lyrics, uh, the humor of the lyrics. 
Yes, it, it's about being miserable but having to be very cheerful on the outside and make small talk. Yeah, despite one's roiling sentiments. Yeah. So um, I don't know how how much pain you desire today. Should I perpetrate more? Okay. <laughs> Please continue to in, continue to inflict. Okay. Oh, that was the much. stricken maiden's Thank cheer. So, looking um, forward to the next uh, in, installment here. Okay. Um, well, um, let me see. The, well, there's one that I made which has the confusing title "Donkey Field Mouse." So, it's people who've been in Vienna might know. It, basically, in Viennese, you know, the the way they pronounce um, "thanks very much" sounds like "Donkey Field Mouse" in English, and it's it refers. It refers to Vienna obscurely, but anyway, yes. And it's in a strange time signature, so... Uh. You won't say 
Wow. <laughs> the end. Those are some great lyrics in there too. I the 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 humor it's just it's just like woven right in you know it's it's really fun and it's folkish humor yes it's celtic humor it comes from the roots there and uh, you say the uk but i think you're from the celtic part are you and yes where well, are your well, roots I mean, there are celtic people in britain I'm, I'm scots half scots half italian from um from florence and then from bits of scotland that rhythm though is well, that was um, sevens alternating with elevens, and I used to be in a bunch of Balkan bands, and uh, um, I guess we did a lot of ry rhythms like that, and I sometimes incorporate those into my, uh, well, what may be magnanimously termed music. Well, you'd be amazing. <laughs> Thank you. No doubt. <laughs> so glad that you found your way here. Thank you, E.K. Thank you. <laughs> um, Ant, but as... Before you go on, we'd love to have you play another song if, if you so desire. Um, but is there any way that we can let people know about your music or connect with your music or, or you? Or would you rather remain a floating anonymous um, you know, co contributor to the universe? Well, um, I have a badly designed website. Um, we love badly designed to. websites. Okay, good. I, I should actually add things. I, I've been meaning to record my songs. I uh, just haven't got around to it. But I, one day I will, or at least I, I plan to. So the website is formicable.com. So it's like for, formidable, but with a C. Mm -hmm. Like formica, you know, like formica tablecloths or something. Because I'm, my name, well... My, my name is Antonia, sadly, but um, I don't. I'm not enamored of the Onia. People tend to call me Ant, like the insect, and so ah, I've kind of been beset by the idea of ants all my life. And uh, so Formica means ant in various things, such as Latin and Italian. Italian is one of my native languages. I mean, alongside English, as I hope you can tell. Um, <laughs> yes. <wow>. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Formicable, yeah. And, and Formicable, and so instead of formidable, it's formicable. Dot com. So, I mean, yeah, that's got basically a bunch of stuff, including, you know, the clothes I make and the jewelry I make and, I don't know, other stuff I do. And a renaissance woman. Some recording from my old Balkan bands. I've been meaning to record these little weird things. I just never have time to uh, practice because I recently spawned. So wow. That takes time. That takes time. Yeah. The, the spawn does like the music. What can't be called music? <laughs> hey, you know, music is universal. It's bef before it's pre-language, right? Yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and she is pre-language. She she responds with what I interpret as as joy or some kind of jubilation or lack of anguish when I. Congratulations! What an amazing <laughs> person you are. That's a that's a fantastic uh, acknowledgement there. Indeed, it's a yes. Yeah, resounding uh, review for, for my my creations <laughs> very cool and it's so good to have you here in, in the mutiny radio uh common thread collective family here so if you'd like to play another an, another song of, of your choosing that'd be great and then maybe ek can come in here and we'll we'll start to wrap up today's show oh i see jones here too oh my goodness so much is happening all right it's been a population explosion that's a different kind of show that i unleashed you know population over my, my gametes anyway um they all meets you know uh okay um well um okay uh, there's one that i just wrote yesterday so i haven't practiced but should i try to 
do it anyway and see what happens, so please be magnanimous. Okay, right. <clears throat> That's the first, that's the first uh, performance out there. 
And that'd be an amazing song. Thank you, Val. Absolutely. And it's such a pleasure to have you here on the Common Thread Collective at Mutiny Radio. Uh, the podcast will go up. Um, we're ha- our, our website's getting a little work done right now. But um, soon enough, uh, probably in the next couple days or so, you'll be able to access the show uh, and uh, on mutinyradio.fm. But, yeah, but you are going out live. Are you living here in town, Aunt? Me? Yes, yes. I, I live in Cold Valley. In Cold Valley. Well, yes. I want you to come. We, uh, you're welcome to be a regular guest on the show. Thank I you. like your style. I like your attitude. I like your humor. And I like your music, too. Thank you very much. Also, thanks to the person who brought me water. Oh, how Walter, good. how Walter. kind. Thank you, water bringer. <laughs> well, we do have this this show every Friday, or sorry, every second and fourth Friday um, from three till about quarter to six. So hope that you'll stay connected and return okay thank you very much thank you and maybe we could bring ek in here too um we have about we're gonna do about 20 more minutes of the show and then we're gonna clear out of here for the next show there's a lot going on here on the common thread collective as usual or as i you know as one might say per usual and i had a friend recently text me pure usual um this is but i I think this is really purely unusual uh what we do here on the common thread collective oh she's amazing how is that wow so great yeah thanks thanks for suggesting she come that was aunt she'd be amazing yes she has a beautiful voice and amazing th- and says amazing things and reveals herself. She's unusual in every way, isn't she, E.K.? Yeah, she's really fantastic. How did you meet her? Um, you know what? So Jennifer Barone had a reading with uh, two people who are writers but not poets, y'all. It was a different format. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so it was very fun. Um and so yeah the reading was really good jennifer was great and aunt was there it was over at folio books over uh on 24th street up in noe valley yeah up in noe valley yeah yeah it was very cool yeah i had a a really good time there and um aunt said she went partly because there were there was an offer of free chocolate yes and i oh, think there might have been some free red wine it was valentine's week it right was valentine's week and it was it was all about love and so there was chocolate and there was red wine yeah it was nice i enjoyed it nice i tried to go and i couldn't make it something else came up cool environment too. it's yeah it's Very really unusual. cool we're so lucky to have um the bookstores that we have we really are i mean even as others have kind of closed and shifted along the way we still have a, a good hearty handful of really excellent bookstores here in san francisco yeah, independent bookstores fortunate because they are all really great about creating spaces for creative people to share their literary works of across genres and styles and you know to to have musical 
musical guests and events and it's it's really wonderful for all of us who participate in these things and of course our vision here is to become a voice of all that but if you're in san francisco streaming live and bringing all of this talent out to the world and because of that that's where we're able to get all the all the downloads we have you know it's true dave that's true i just oh did i write it down oh, hey, i just got our listener for, for anybody who just tuned in like me what the heck is up with the website? I got really worried. Did you get that, yeah, that, so, that anxious text that I sent No, you? I'm glad that you did. No, no, no. It's okay. Um, don't worry. I was like, oh, no. Fret not. Um, yeah, it was just a little... Um, time lapse kind of issue of uh, our our domain but it has been uh, renewed and so it, it if you're listening to us now it means that it's working again <laughs> but we are recording our shows and that's how our podcasts show up on our website so we're uh, looking forward to that being revived probably sometime within the next 24 hours awesome so um, yeah I, I was concerned as well but we're it's, we paid our bills. Turn the lights back on. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> metaphorically. <laughs> metaphorically speaking, metaphorically speaking, but we're fine. Uh, Mutiny Radio is doing well. Actually, we're, we've got a really big event coming up um, the first week of March. March 1st through 5th is the fourth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Awesome. So there's going to be 50 comics, 45 shows over the course of five days. So that's um, including a lot of, uh, you know, like stand up showcases cases uh, on various themes which are always fun there's one that's all about cats you know I mean it's just like it, it, it it's really very and um, there's people from all over the country who are coming but there's also local comics as well um, people who submitted to be part of the uh, to the part of the festival and also um, in support of the um, comedy festival Many of us are actually hosting uh, some of the visiting comics. So next, uh, I'm, I'm doing a special women's magazine next Friday, March 1st, which is the first day of the festival with um, a, a comedian coming down from Washington State named Bernice Yee. And she's originally from China. She like kind of ran away from China at age 21 and came to the U.S. and has been here for a I don't know how many years now, but she works with a group called The Syndrome, and it's going to be perfect for Women's Magazine because The Syndrome is this group of, they're basically like consultants, so they'll, they'll, be, uh, they'll go into companies and put on skits to kind of illustrate um, like situations of sexual harassment and gender inequality and things like that to kind of soften the blow and like make people realize maybe some of the subtleties or maybe one, one might refer to them as microaggressions um, that, that are present in the workplace, especially in like the you know, technology and things like that. Um, so she works with that group called the syndrome, um, but she's going to be one of the featured poets, uh, poets. I'm so used to saying poets. One of the featured comedians here during the, um, during the uh, comedy festival. So if you're, you know, definitely try to get tickets to um, the live shows that are going to be happening here from March 1st through the 5th. And, um, and you can tune into some of the podcasts like women's magazine on March 1st, um, as we talked to Bernice and her um, syndrome uh, affiliates. That's great. So you can just show up or you can listen at, you can listen to the podcasts. Um, you'll be able to listen live, 
but it would be great because if you came and actually bought a ticket yeah, to some that. of the live shows there each show is posted on Facebook um, there's an eventbrite for each show so you can just check out the mutiny radio Facebook page and scroll around and find one that you uh, there's actually a page up for the mutiny radio comedy festival 2019 so you can scroll around on that find some shows that you want to go to uh, click on it and actually buy a ticket and that would really support our station so that we can t- continue to do what we do here throughout the week 24 7 with you know over 35 original shows uh, streaming around the planet on the internet every week so we'd appreciate your support and you'll be having a good time so it'll be a win-win situation that sounds great so after that long-winded response to I don't know what question, uh, it's 5.20, so we've got about 20 minutes before we wrap up, and I don't want to take any more airtime. Because we have the two of you. We do. We've got right. Joan Rivard here, too, and we've got EK, of course. We're talking about EK, too. So, EK, I see your notebook is open, so why don't we have you um, do, your, do something out of there first, and then we can kind of rotate around. All right, I got a little something new. You know, Aunt did something new. That was ambitious and fun, and oh my like didn't sound brand new to me at all. Like, you know, but yeah. So I'm like, it's kind of a fun San Francisco thing since we've been like talking about San Francisco stuff. Breathless. This hill gets steeper every time I walk up it, and I swear the gravity changes heavier. Like we're on Neptune which has a new moon. New to us, that is, because our telescopes have finally gotten fine enough to see what's been there all along. It's funny, too, our collective faith in science. It's like a religion with an unchanging God, even though science is really the opposite of unchanging. Because science is more like the moon, or that new Neptune moon, whose name I don't know yet, whose picture is an icy blue, whose gravity is unknown, but our desire for plan B for space travel is unsatisfied and driven by the fear that we fucked up the planet because really, we've been living in the Garden of Eden all along. And... Even though we try sometimes to recycle our plastic, it still goes in a landfill. And even though we say we care, we drive our cars. Except sometimes I walk and huff other people's exhaust. And I puff to forget and for solace. And I huff and I puff because this hill, Bernal Hill, gets steeper every time I walk up it. <laughs> that was a great poem, EK. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of fun. Just, you know, sometimes I bring such heavy poems. Yeah. yeah. Well, so this one was kind of heavy too, but Yeah, but you you, you lightened it up, right? Even though you're talking about how it's hard to walk uphill, you know, you, you kind of had a spring in your step. It sounded like. Oh, you got to. You were charging up the hill. You were charging up that hill in that poem. (laughs) I could see it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I, I, I've, I, I tell people, um, because you're talking about like the exhaust, right? And how you breathe that. I tell people, I'm like, I've been to India and Mm -hmm. that's really where I learned that you really need to like 
protect your respiratory system, especially yeah. if you're in a big city there. Yeah. And I can't tell you how often I find myself pulling my scarf up in front of my face on a daily basis living in San Francisco, mm-hmm. which, you know, historically is referred to as a rather small city, even though it has a big city feel. But it, it's just so much, you know, even in the train station and walking down the street and it's like, ah, get me out of this mess, you know? So I, I, I am always like covering, <laughs> like pulling my scarf up and I don't see a lot of other people doing that. And I don't know what, the, why that is, but like, like I, I, you know, I really got into the habit, like running around, like in big cities in India, where it's like yeah, I can see prevalent. Why that would make a real impression. You know, it's kind of like I went to school, college in Santa Barbara, and since then I've never been anywhere without a pair of sunglasses. You know, mm. it's something I've, uh, you know, adopted. <laughs> well, what do you think? You want another one? Sure. Okay. So I'm just going to stick with the new stuff. Like, I think that new stuff is good stuff. But sometimes old stuff is good stuff, too. We do it to remember. Get an old camera. See the world like it's 1971. It's fun. Sexual revolution in full swing. Gas is cheap. Movies cheaper. Led Zeppelin on the radio. Nixon in the White House sending guys to Vietnam. Bone spurs will keep you out of one, but not the other. Which one? Everybody's on the pill, but a few Gen X babies get through. Tupac and Snoop. My little sister, too. My finger's on the shutter button. A bit of pressure makes the aperture contract like it's swallowing light from the past. We can look back while we think ahead. A good camera is still a light-proof box. But everybody, the me generation, the millennials, Take pictures with their phones, a built-in camera, a fixed aperture, a sensor, autofocus, a president's face contorted with rage, which one? A war, hot or cold, which one? We We take so many pictures we always forget. Take another picture. Memories of meaningless moments made of reflected light. We always forget. That's a powerful one, EK. Thanks, Val. Thank you. It's nice to hear your poetry always, and it's always fun because you, you usually bring in things that are new. Um, but you, you do have a book that came out uh, not too long ago uh, by a nomadic press mm-hmm. called Ordinary Villains. That's right. So um, can where, can folks get a copy, get their hands on a copy of that? Well, um, one way to do it is to go to the Nomadic Press website, which I believe is nomadicpress.org. 
and go into the store and click on the ordinary villains icon. And if you want to, there's like a bunch of good books there. So if you decide you want to buy a different book, you could you could buy that too. Um, that's one way. Also, my book is on sale at City Lights Bookstore where I just had a reading um, a couple of weeks ago. Dave was there. Val was there. It was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed myself. I read with our poet laureate, Kim Shuck. And yeah, that was really neat. And I and I think at Adobe also, where we're about to have a reading on March 11th. And, and Val's going to be, you're going to be in there. That's right. That's and right. I've got uh, Mia Burns coming to play some music. And then I'm pushing forward some some new poets voices i've got leanne Liu. she's from pacifica a poet from pacifica i've got lady rev who is awesome if you haven't heard lady rev before um savin who's somebody new and exciting and 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 you're welcome to invite them to come right here and sit at this table and put it out to the world. And if we do it before that reading, we can we can invite people to come down to the reading at Adobe. Yeah. It's, it's about working together. And who? <laughs> Was there an and? Was there an answer yes, to that and? I just and? totally lost my whole Sorry. train of thought. But that's okay. That's okay. I can get this little train back on the tracks. <laughs> that's right. Myst- mysteries will be eventually solved. Um, so hang out. Oh, Lourdes Figueroa. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm no worries. No worries. We're all. Get my picture back. It's all. It's all swirling around here as we, uh, you know, wrap up the Common Thread Collective this afternoon. And we do have about ten more minutes to do that with. And I want to make sure that we get Joan Rivard into this mix here. She's sitting there patiently with her beautiful, colorful um, tie dye and part of her book in front of her so welcome joan welcome back thank you is this is correct yep that's right okay um <clears throat> well last time i also talked about uh the the uh, homeless kids on hate street that are being chased out by whoever it is out there that wants hate street to be you know a cookie cutter uh mall type place not gonna happen well if we if we have, watch, any, to, if we have anything to do with it because the kids keep coming back because this is Hate Street. They and come back, but they have no place to get warm like they had when the McDonald's was there. Uh, the, the police have been instru- instructed to harass them. I oh, looked no. at the... Uh, Don't scratch that. What? Don't scratch that. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. It could make some noise, huh? Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, I I looked at the uh, uh, super board of supervisors meetings and uh, police meetings, and they're saying, "Oh yeah, we're enforcing the sit and lie law more aggressively." And 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 the biggest thing though is the cameras at, at the uh, end of the park that's near Hay Street. Those cameras, there's eight cameras around where the pond was, where everybody used to hang out for 50 years. And those cameras, as soon as they went up, people totally stopped gathering there. There's nobody. Like even on the prettiest day. When the sun's out, you know, there's nobody sitting on the grass except for a few picnickers from town. So um, I'm very upset about this, particularly since when I went there, again, 
uh, first I, I saw that they had, uh, they sandblasted the rainbow steps. I don't know if I talked about this the last time. Right. They sandblasted them and they also sandblasted the hearts at the foot of the rainbow steps that were painted on the sidewalk. And, and the worst thing, well, which is worse, uh, the, the, uh, the pillars, the, the gorgeous purple and, and turquoise pillars that were there have all been painted a diarrhea brown, which you may have heard last week. I'll probably be telling everybody that for the next 50 years. Um, and, and, are, and are you talking about uh, Yerba Buena Park? Yes, those steps I am. Right Yerba there? Buena, the entrance to Yerba Buena Park, where you know after they chased the young people off the street and off the the other uh, the Golden Gate Park, they gravitated there because they thought maybe they'd be okay there. And so for a while there were people gathering there, and and now there's not. There's nothing, oh which tells me the police probably have been instructed to uh, you know give people tickets for this, that, and the other thing. Um, so uh, I, I've been writing about all this. Uh, it's not only about Hate Street and Yerba Buena Park. For, in my mind, it's about the hope of the whole planet, about brotherly love, peace and understanding, having fair laws, not crooked laws. Uh, you know, it's very important that we preserve what's happening on Hate Street. That's true. Because a lot of people would never guess in a million years that, you know, they've been looking for God all their life. They've read 50 books and everything. But you know what? It's right there. It's right there, raw, alive on Hate Street in those street kids, in their dogs, in their backpacks. You know, the stuff they talk about is absolutely amazing. It's like every one of them, it seems like, to me, you know, understands that people are the same. We got to understand each other. We got to all love one another. You know, it's like an outpouring of, of the spirit, I would call it, more than, better than what churches have experienced, because this is universal. It doesn't make you, you don't have to believe in anything. You know, it's, it's what Jesus said himself about, uh, you know, people treating each other the way they, they want to be treated. And that's a very old uh, saying, too. He quoted that from the Old Testament, and it's said in many religions. Anyway, there's something wonderful there on Hate Street, something unique, something powerful, you know, something life-filled amid all this death. people come from all over the planet to find it. You stand at the corner of Hate and Ashbury, and you'll see passing by people from all over the planet come to San Francisco, and more of them come to Hate Street, more almost as much as Fisherman's Wharf. They're there. They come and they're looking for just what you're saying. So go ahead, sister. And I'm so dis so sad. I, I cried. I cried when I saw it. I really did. And I wasn't the only one. This one girl, she's really kind of tough looking. You know, I was afraid to approach her at first. I thought, oh, I don't know if she'll want to talk to me. You know, I live in a house and they have this really hard life these people and some of them you know they ride trains and you know and but you know they made me they welcome train. anyway and they know i write about this stuff anyway and spring is coming when i told her that the steps had been painted and sandblasted she cried this tough girl with the the boots and the overalls and rides trains and tattoos and everything she cried, you know. She had said to me, "This is the before this happened." She had said to me, "This is the only place I feel comfortable," you know. This homeless young person. Anyway, I can read a little if I have time. I I, I wrote about 
how it is that the McDonald's has been closed. That's one of the big things that's happened to change things over there. Uh, the McDonald's has been closed, and I know we don't like fast food, but you know, when it's cold and raining out there, and you can go in that place and get a nice hot cup of coffee for one dollar, and you know, maybe even sneak in your dog and let him get warm and dry. That was a, a godsend. That place, you know, that was a wonderful hub of a community, and now that's gone. It's all fenced off. The cameras went up. The steps got painted. Um, oh, now I found out that the tunnel is closed and the pond has been drained. Now, you know, this may be a coincidence. I know they're, they're working on the tunnel, but without the tunnel being open that's at the entrance to hate, of Hate the Street. The Hippie Hill. Yeah, the tunnel to Hippie Hill. There's no pl way for Shoot. people to get to Hippie Hill from Hate Street unless they either jaywalk on this real dangerous spot, you know, full of signs that say no jaywalking. You can still get it. If, if you, you have go to into walk the park, all the way you take. To the crosswalk and walk all the way back up. Well, if you walk, walk into the park on Stanion, right, that little circular entrance there, instead of going down to the tunnel, you can take a path off to the right, and that can get you to Hippie Hill as well. Yeah, but to cross that street... It's not the same. You, you have to go down to the crosswalk. That's the only legal way. And it's a very dangerous spot. I cross. Oh, I, do I, oh it. I know. I, I, I do it. All I know the time. what you mean. I know. What I, you I'm mean. in rebellion. I'm so angry about all this, you know. Yeah. And I saw the pond all empty, the gorgeous, beautiful pond. These are all the things I wrote about in my book. Every single thing, and, and it's preserved there. But God, am I sad? Anyway, I'll, I'll read to you about the McDonald's, <clears throat> missing McDonald's. As I this is after I came back from a trip out of town for about I don't know five six months, and I found out all these changes had occurred. As I neared Stanion, I knew there would be something there that it would hurt my heart to see. I'd already known that the McDonald's would be closed down, but seeing it starkly behind a six-foot chain-link fence was jarring. The fence is the same clipped-together kind that they use to block off parts of the park to fence off paradise so hippies can't camp there. The big windows are brown and dark without their lights and garish advertisements. Some are boarded up with plywood. The fence goes all the way around the whole area, blocking off the whole parking lot, the back patio where homeless used to congregate, the front steps where hippies used to be on display for tourists. The loss of the parking lot alone is a huge issue in this place where finding parking is such a struggle. This was where you could park for a while and sit in the car or go get something to eat if you couldn't find parking. It was where I'd been able to stay on Mondays between when the meters began on Haight at 9 a.m. and when the street cleaning stopped on Oak at 10 a.m. The loss of the toilets at McDonald's and of a warm place to go at night and get cheap food was catastrophic. When it rained, the kids would have no place to go. The sweet social scene that had flourished there was gone. I remembered the time a man played beautiful guitar music in a corner after the restaurant had turned off the canned music for the night. That had been the night of last Christmas Day, a rainy night with lots of young people crowded into McDonald's and a couple of damp dogs hidden under the tables. It was the night when a homeless young woman had given away her only shoes to an old man who didn't have any and then had gone out barefoot in the rain. So many things had changed. To make matters worse, after the closure of McDonald's, at Whole Foods, people could no longer use the toilets for free. 
first they have to buy something and get a receipt, and then they have to go to a separate desk to get a code. The hot food counter has gone from a wildly expensive $9 a pound to an even more wildly expensive $10 a pound. My favorite dollar cookie is no longer being sold. The only affordable snack in the building with which to get a ticket to use the bathroom, right? (laughs) I walked sadly past the fenced-off McDonald's. It seemed like an archaeological site with its no trespassing signs and plywood barricades. You could try to imagine the people who used to be there, how they lived and what they said, the way you would about some culture in the mythic past by looking at their traces. But this had all been here just a few months ago, in all its glory. These were people I knew, not from long ago or far away. I loved them, was loved by them. I had painted a literary portrait of them, which they seemed to feel showed who they were. The affection they gave me for it was something I fed on. It was a moment in time. How grateful I am to have preserved it and documented it in this book. I have a little bit more. How quickly something we value can vanish when the corporate beast sets its sights on it. With some real estate deal, a sort of cultural genocide was taking place. If totalitarianism takes hold, what will the people of the future think of us if their liberties are gone and their planet is a mess? Will they even believe that the summer of love and the Bill of Rights were real? How will history explain to them that, yes, these wonders did exist right here, but that business entities put a stop to them? For me, the hippies being kicked off of hate street made all of humanity less free. With tears, I looked down the empty streets, scouring them for groups of youth. It reminded me of something. It made me think about other people through all time who've lost their homes or communities. Maybe it's a stretch to compare this to farmers losing their farms or indigenous people their ancestral lands, but this sorrow has a lot of the same elements. Our friends were gone, frightened away. The way of life that people came here to see was no longer on display. The vibrant community that had been here was dispersed. Those who made a pilgrimage here would find only expensive shops and restaurants and the big wall murals of Jerry Garcia, the Beatles, and so on. There would be no colorful characters in top hats asking them how their day was. There would be no dogs wearing clever outfits with spiritual or political meaning. Life had pulsated through this place, and now it seemed cold and lifeless. On Hate Street at night, there remained two guys playing music as they sat in their van with the side door open. This must have been one of the few things not targeted by the new policies, as long as they were not panhandling. When they stopped playing, we discussed the situation. One of them said that maybe part of the reason the kids left was because the guy who'd run the homeless job program had been replaced. The other one shook his head. He told me that there had been raids and undercover sting operations at the park on the panda handle and on the hate. People had been arrested for things they did under the new cameras. Three dogs had been shot. He said, it'll take years for the kids to return. You know how fast something like that spreads across the country through their grapevine. So that's that one. And I have more to for another time. Yeah. 
but you know, I'm, my heart is hurting right now just even reading this stuff because, you know, we're fighting for our lives here. This isn't some little joke. This isn't some little fad. You know, we have got to unite. We've got to find a way to unite. We've got to find something that's going to work. And the way I see it, you know, what these people are talking about is the same thing that the Christian rights, uh, Christ uh, allegedly said. And, and I think we can use that. I really do. I think that, you know, instead of being a bunch of weirdos and everything that the, the media has labeled uh, these long-haired pacifist type people as, uh, we should come out as real Americans. The American flag is our flag. You know, we're into liberty. Liberty is, is our highest value. And that's one reason a lot of those kids are out there. They, they don't want to play the game. You know, they work harder being homeless, believe me. <laughs> that is, is much harder. Yeah, spring is coming. Spring is I, coming. I hope Let's a lot of them new, come back. A new spring. I'm going to revive. I'm going to be, I'll be going to the Rainbow Gathering once in July in Minnesota. And I'll let people know that spring is coming. Come on down. Let's, uh, let's re-inhabit. Let's re-inhabit. And I know it's going to be happening. People will be coming on their trains. Riding the freight train, on the, with their thumbs out, getting a ride to come to San Francisco with that spirit of the hate. So let's get it together. That's yeah. certainly the spirit of this. Uh, well, what this show is all about, the Common Thread Collective, is all about. Is that right, Val? That's right, and I'm so glad, Joan, for you um, and, and and your amazing writing uh, to capture is. capture that and to also act, you know, actively um, remind us and, and our listeners out there um, of, of, of what it is and what it means uh, to be, you know, in the hate community and uh, where, where love is the way. And it's really important. And I, I thank you. And I hope people check out your, your website, peacedrums.org, where there's some more of your writing. And we look forward to, I know you're putting your manuscript together, um, this book coming uh, to, to land in our hands at some point in the near future. It's going to happen. And Diamond Dave, thank you. Thank you both. Thank you all. We're going there in uh, 67 on Hate Street when that, that summer of love was happening. I was there in the midst of it and I'm still here now and that's the spirit of what I'm all about here on the Common Thread Collective. So take it away, Val. Alright, Dave. Well, thank you so much. Everybody who's been a part of our show today on the Common Thread Collective, I also want to thank my guests from Women's Magazine. We did a great show today, uh, February 22nd, about women who rock and roll with the punches of the being in the music industry. Um, I had some amazing guests there and um, the woman who actually opened up that show um, her name is Polly Wood and she put, sang this song uh, about like send, send me my new life so I want to wrap up today with a poem that I wrote a couple weeks back kind of along the same lines and then we'll, we'll cruise on um, and thank you for listening I'm getting ready for something new Clearing out to let the energy flow through. Free myself of the clatter of clutter. Unbury the burden of what lingers. Let go of the stale, stoic nostalgia. Minimize to maximize. Dig deep to recognize the archived remnants that do nothing but hide. I am ready to travel light, so that I might alight at opportunities presented to me. Not having to carry the background of lingering loss, I am ready to toss out the debris that keeps me landlocked and padlocked. I no longer want to impose by supposing my possessions to be so privileged as to take up space. I am opening it all for grace. Wow, that's 
Thanks, everybody. Peace to you all. We love you here on the Common Thread Collective. Don't you forget it. Um, again, tune in next. Um, our next live show here for Common Thread will be Friday, March 8th and Friday, March 22nd. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited for a couple of women's magazines that are coming up, doing a special next Friday, March 1st for Bernice Yee, who's featured in the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Um, and then uh, on March 22nd uh, for Women's Magazine, I'm going to be interviewing Gianna Tobon Toboni, who is from Vice News. Um, so she's going to be calling in from New York, and we're going to talk about what it's like to be women in journalism. She um, it, much more heavily than I. So um, I'm really excited about some upcoming shows. And uh, just a few heads up, you know, April is right around the corner, too. Poems Under the Dome will be uh, Thursday, April 18th at City Hall at 530. And and then Earth Day San Francisco is going to be great. It's going to be on the April 20th. <laughs> you heard it. Um, but uh, it's going to be here in the Mission District on Valencia between 19th and 20th Street. So it's going to be a street festival for Earth Day SF. Uh, we're going to have some amazing speakers and performers, including Pamela Parker, who was my guest on Women's Magazine today. Check her out, PamelaParkerRocks.com. Um, so, yeah, thanks, everybody. We'll see you back here in a couple of weeks. And um, we love you. So uh, I'm going to play a Pamela Parker song to take us out and stay tuned because the um, new radio comedy open mic happy hour is coming up next. Peace y'all. Let's see. Ta -da. So you're searching for love. Why don't you come
Pamela Parker rocks. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Global Val. Oh, 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 oh,
লাভ হবে মন ভক্তি ধন কতদিনে only five dollars benders brings you face melting metal and rock and roll the last friday of the month punk rock and schlock delivers super fun karaoke with alien come on what's not to like they even have counter offer inside frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face open every day at 2 p.m their happy hour goes till 7 p.m benders is proud to be a sponsor of the mutiny radio comedy festival because they're an awesome community asset to the dirt bags who keep art alive in the mission benders bar and grill Hi, welcome to My Limited View. I am your host, Sergio Novoa. And I'm your co-host, Vanessa Wilkins. Join us every Tuesday from 12 to 2 at mutinyradio.fm as we share stories, our personal stories. And struggles and challenges. And we'll also have guests come in and share their stories. And hopefully through all this, we can expand our view. Or your view. Yes, and there'll be plenty of dick jokes, so don't worry. It's not always going to be heavy. Yeah, I might even share black hair tips. Black hair tips. <laughs> don't know anything about it. Sorry. All so, on my limited view. Yes, every Tuesday from 12 to 2. Uh, oh, you can if you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah, and Google Play. And Stitcher. iTunes. Oh, you already said that. TuneIn Radio. Uh, Stitcher, you said that. Spotify. Oh, my God, there's just so many. And Overcast. Um, yes, you can also find us on social media, M as in Mary, L as in Larry, P as in Peter, podcast, MOV podcast is our handle. Until next time, I hope you're enjoying your review. Yes. Bye. Bye. That, that kind of sucked balls. Mutiny. 
Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tush 